Hello, and welcome to the official podcast of Bishop Malcolm Smith. These teachings are recorded live each week and provided not only here on the podcast, but at youtube.com. Simply go to youtube.com and look for Malcolm Smith webinars in the search engine there. We also want to invite you to go to www.malcolmsmith.org. There you will find other teachings by Malcolm, including books, videos, and MP3 downloads. And now, with this week's teaching, Bishop Malcolm Smith. The Lord be with you, everyone. And I I thank you for the response to what we said last week. Uh, And I want to go back to the same general area that we were in last week and just expand on it because I think it has caught the spirit of many of you. And so back to Ruth in chapter 2, and it's in verse 4 of chapter 2 that um, as Ruth is in the fields picking up the barley that was left for the poor, the owner of the fields comes in and he says in verse 4, May the Lord be with you. And they said to him, May the Lord bless you. And then when he talks to her personally in verse 12, he says, May the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. And finally, in chapter 3, and in verse 10 and 11, well, the, the conversation begins in verse 10, where it says, May you be blessed of the Lord, my daughter. And then in verse 11, Now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you whatever you ask. For all my people in the city know that you are a woman of excellence. Okay. These verses, um, each of those four statements are very important. We'll look at them more closely. But you could say that those four statements come together in one word. And that one word is blessed. That's the key word. And let me anticipate by saying the, the expression, the Lord be with you, is in actual fact another way of saying the meaning of the word bless. And of course the word bless stands by itself. And then the word excellence describes this woman who is blessed. And so that, that's, that's what has grabbed our imagination, that we are the blessed of the Lord. Let me state this, that the word bless and blessing, let me hear me very carefully, is the oldest word in any human language. It it could be just one of the first three or four words ever spoken in a human language on this planet. It goes back to Genesis and chapter 1, where having created humankind, man and woman, and then calls the man and the woman into conversation with him. And the Lord blessed them. That was his first word, first word that God spoke in a language that they understood. He blessed them and and declared a a mandate of all that would be theirs and all the way their life would come together in the future. I say it, it's the oldest concept, it's the oldest of God's actions toward men. It's the first, the very first expression of God's love to the human race. He blessed them, blessed them. And as the Bible moves on, and by um, Genesis chapter 12, and then it would move to chapter 15, where the blessing of the covenant. The Lord made covenant with Abraham, and that 
covenant is going to be the undergirding power and authority of the rest of the Bible. And, and what is that? It begins, I will bless you, and I will bless those who bless you, and, and I will bless those who walk in harmony with you, and so on. It was bless, I will bless, I will bless. That was the key to the whole life of Abraham and his immediate children, under the blessing of God. And and then when Israel, the greater now family of Abraham that has, has become millions of people and they gather and they receive the law and at the center of the law stands the blessings that cover every area of life. These people were very, very aware of the blessing of God. Now, what on earth is this? If it has such prominence, if it is of such importance in the scripture, we really ought to know something about it. Um, e even when we come to the New Testament, as I hope we will tonight, but um, e even there, he sums up the whole massive, what, what shall I say, span of salvation by saying he has blessed us with all blessings brought by the Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus. And, and then it says in 1 Peter, we are called to blessing. What is it? And you must admit, we don't know much about blessing as far as it goes. I mean, well, if you sneeze in, in any private or public place, somebody's going to say, God bless you. Now, honestly, uh, having said what I've said, that this is the undergirding word of the Bible, I don't think it's got anything to do with sneezing. You see what I mean? It's, um, no. And, and then when we're, early in learning how to pray in public. Have you noticed this is where we gravitate to? And so we, we bless mother and father and everybody else uh, because blessing, we feel it sort of says something nice, which of course it does if you understand it. But what, what is this? Okay, well, fasten your safety belts. We're going to plunge into this word and see what was happening to Ruth. We're still there. Because what, what is behind this amazing chapter in which her feet are guided, obviously, by the Holy Spirit? Uh, she's in the right place at the right time to meet the right people. And they, they are somehow strangely magnetized toward her. And they, they, she stands out without even trying. I mean, she's a foreigner in a third world village dirt poor, crawling on her hands and knees to pick up the barley that had been dropped by the reapers. Hardly someone that you're going to say has taken over the village, but that's really what it was. Everybody was talking about her. Eyes were riveted upon her for good and for praise. And, and so, so what is this word blessing that dominates this gal? Okay, number one, the word blessing in its simplest definition means to speak a good word to or over. So that's your simplest word. It's a spoken word and it's a good word and it's spoken to you or it can be spoken over you. Ah, yeah. Okay, but now... Let, let's be more specific. It is an intensely personal word. It is spoken to you. And it is a word of the, what shall I say, the love purposes, the love intention, the love plans of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. He loves you, and he knows you, and he knows you by name, and he has purposes of love, intentions of love, plans. And he says, I know the plans I have for you. And goes on to say that they're, they're not bad at all. There's no badness in them. They're, they're plans of peace and joy. And so we could put it this way. It is a Words spoken to you 
that reveals the thoughts of God toward you. The thoughts of God that tell you who you really are. It's the thoughts of God as he sees you, as, as deity imagines you to be, which is always according to absolute truth. And so the blessing is a word spoken to you right out of the heart and mind of God that describes who you truly are. And then out of that, he describes the future, the plans, the intentions, the purposes that he has. And could I jump right now and destroy some thoughts that are occurring? That doesn't mean he's got thoughts of you uh, going to some, um, you know, malarial swamp in the world to be a famous missionary. No, 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 I don't mean that sort of stuff. I mean something far more important than that. Who you truly are and how your ness, your isness, is going to forge a path in your life. And so... You could say it's a creative word. When God speaks, it's always creative. God never just says something that dribbles out of his mouth and falls into the drain. When God speaks, what he says is so, is so. And so the whole of creation is described in Genesis 1 as in the Lord said, and the Lord said, and the Lord said. And when he gets down to talking to Adam and Eve at the base of the chapter, he said... A blessing. So it falls in the same line. When he said, let there be light, there was light. Well, when he blessed them, there was blessing. For in God's word is creative energy. Love creates that which it desires. And so a blessing is the release into us of love's energy. And if, if you have a problem with that term, I, I think you have to have a problem because it, it's quite biblical. In the New Testament, the word for the action, the working of the Holy Spirit in your life, in love, is energia, from which we get the word energy. Yes, it's the love energy. And the energy has the face of Jesus and is brought to you in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and that word spoken into you brings with it, and, and hear me now, my word would be authority, because it brings with it the authority, you're being given authority to call yourself by the name that God calls you. And you're given authority to begin to look at your life in terms of what he says. It's an authority. Some people might better understand that as a blessing brings permission to you. He permissions you to be the person he knows that you truly are. And that blessing, it, it, it's a word that relentlessly pursues you. And that is a word straight out of, of the scripture. In fact, the best one that you might remember is in Psalm 23, where it says, surely, and that word can look at it two ways, surely, it would mean um, what? Absolutely. This is it. Surely. Get this straight. I'm speaking the absolute truth. You say, surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Um, or it can be understood as surely as only. Whatever else appears to be pursuing me, I know that when, when the dust settles... Only goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. But then it's that word follow. That's a very weak word to translate the Hebrew there. The Hebrew word there would be relentlessly pursue. It's, it's as if the dogs are after you and you can feel their hot breath on your neck. They're, they're slobbering on your shoulders there. Only this time it's it's goodness and mercy, which is loving kindness, the word of committed covenant love in your life. It says relentlessly pursues you. Uh, God, uh, God, 
He doesn't let you get away. He, he pursues you because his blessing is final and absolute and is so and shall be so. Blessing. So when a person who is blessed, they are enlightened. That would be a good word. The light has suddenly burst in because now they see themselves in the light of God. That is, they see themselves as God sees them. Don't see themselves as their mother and father and ancestors saw them because that, that can be totally out of whack. Uh, you might have been raised in one of those terrible abusive families where they tell you you're not as good as your sister or you'll never amount to anything and all those other things. Uh, and God just wipes that off the slate because that's lies from the pit. And he tells you, you're enlightened. Into the fog there comes the shaft of God's light. Into your darkness there comes the sunrise. He blesses you and he tells you who you are and he tells you his purpose and plans, intentions for your life. And with that comes the empowerment, enlightenment, empowerment. And, and so the image that is often associated with the word blessing is that it, it comes upon you as almost like invisible clothing. It, it's, it, it talks about it in terms of your inside as a refuge around you. It's a shield about you. And I could keep going on that. The, the idea is that you, you are now embraced in, uh, and inside there you, you have the, the power, the enablement to achieve that purpose, God's intention for your life. And so another word or words that go with the word blessing, with all what I've just said in mind, is prosperous. And as I say, but I will never quit because people are so messed up here, prosperity in the Bible does not begin with financial wealth. Prosperity is a matter of the heart Prosperity is a man or woman who has been enlightened of God. Prosperity is a person who knows and is filled with the love and kindness and gentleness of God. And that's, that's well. What is wealth? What is prosperity? It is having complete peace of heart. It is rising above anxiety to be at peace with God, at peace with myself and at peace with others, all of which is beyond purchase by money. It's, you see what I mean, um, prosperity. And of course, with that word goes success. And, and that means you're, you're successful in your walk with God. You're successful. You are given God's own strength to be the kind of person he planned for you to be. You're successful at it, and you're successful in your thinking. You're clear in your thinking. Successful, you see. Successful. And that then trickle down to everything you touch, and then it gets into your work, and then indeed it, it means that you have enough. Enough and always enough. And spell that word in red, underline it in purple, because God is, is not tight-fisted. God doesn't count pennies. He, 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 oh, abundant is, is his word. Um, abundant. And sometimes he goes overboard and says, superabundant. You'll have enough. But always enough so that you will be like God your Father and be giving handfuls in generosity of all that you have to those in need. That, that's a blessed person. In fact, you measure blessing by how much you give, not how much you get. So you could say the word blessing is the embodiment. It's the throbbing energy of God himself. The embodiment of all that is whole and well and good. 
whether I'm talking of my innermost invisible self, my spirit, or my mind and thoughts and imagination and emotions, or whether I speak of the cells and bones and blood and organs of my body, whether I talk about my work and my human relationships, the blessing of God covers all of that and energizes it. You could say the word blessing is a holistic word. Holistic. Because it, 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 there's not one part of life that is left out. There is a strengthening. There is a clarity of wisdom. There is love pervading all. All. And let, let me do this. In Numbers in chapter 6, I think way back whenever, we, we've looked at this in detail, but every morning at the, the morning offering, the, the hands of the priest would be raised above the peoples of Israel. And he would say, it says, the Lord says, speak to Aaron and his sons, the priests, saying, thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. So this is how you do it. He said, you shall say to them, and this was the blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. A word meaning guard you. The Lord make his face shine on you, which is a beautiful way in Hebrew of saying he is smiling from ear to ear. He's delighted when he looks at you. He loves you and he values you. The Lord make his face shine, be radiant towards you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you, a word that means pick you out in a crowd and give you that look, that nod of the head to say, I know you and you know me and we're one. He lifts up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Hebrew word shalom, which covers everything we've just been talking about. Every morning. Can you imagine? You go to work in the morning. You start your day in the house with those words ringing in your ear. You are blessed. In all those ways. And Whatever is happening, you, you are aware he's smiling at me. He delights in me. He's pro me. He likes me. He catches my eye and he winks and he says, we're in this together. Blessed. But then, of course, there's that um, other great chapter, which we, we've no time to look at, but enough to give you the idea of what I'm talking about. Deuteronomy 28 and he's talking there, he says, um, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you, pursue you, get it, overtake you, if you obey the Lord your God, and that if there is more to be understood as seeing as. This is, this is what a person looks like who walks in covenant with God. Verse 3, blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. He says, wherever you go, wherever you live, wherever city, village, town, or a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, the blessing of God will pursue you and overtake you there. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body, the produce of your ground, offspring of your beasts, increase of the herd, young of the flock. And of course, all of that was to an agricultural people. And this was their work. This is where they got their wages from. And he says, everything you touch, if you buy goats, if you buy cows, they're going to be blessed. And when it comes time for them to have their babies, their babies will be the most fantastic babies. My blessing will be upon you and all that you own, all that you work with. Verse 5, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Your basket, that's what you carried when you went out to get your groceries. That's what Ruth was doing following the reapers. She had her basket. Well, blessed shall be your basket. He says, I'll handle what goes into your basket. 
and you're kneading bowl as when you came back to the kitchen and, and you got out the bowl where you kneaded all that you, uh, you'd purchased and made your dough and your bread and so he says when you go out to buy when you come back to cook blessed can you can, can you get the picture of this blessing this energy of God's love right there in the kitchen going ahead of you in the grocery store that's what it's saying here blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out verse 8 the Lord will command the blessing upon you in all that you put your hand to he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you we, we, we sh- I, I, that's it otherwise I'm going to be on that chapter but, but do you see what it's saying do you see what it, do you see what it's saying this is saying to every individual person in this covenant people of Israel that his blessing attends them and attends them not just when they're reading scripture not when they're praying not when they're doing that the, the, so obviously people call spiritual stuff it couldn't get I mean this is when you get your hands dirty this is when you're down there with the cows and and, and it's when you're uh, gardening it's when you're in the kitchen and, and, and when you go shopping in the hustle and bustle of the shopping mall and you he commands did you see that there's a command and a command that comes from God upon you that says you are blessed silent energy of divine love the, the, the face of Jesus in that energy the Holy Spirit that that blessing that I've tried to tell you what a blessing is well that was summed up in these three, four expressions. So you see, he, he comes in, the, um, the owner of the field, and, and he says, his first greeting to the people, and of course Ruth was one of those people, and she is, is this is the world she's in now. She's, she's come out of paganism into this world that is defined by the Lord be with you. Now, I that if you follow me carefully that is another way of saying blessing really isn't it because the Lord be with you well his presence is with me and if his presence is with me then all of the above takes place God has spoken his word to us that he is with us that's a good word Um, in Exodus 33 Moses is having an argument with the Lord, which is another subject, but this is, he says in verse 15, then he said to him, Moses said to the Lord, if your presence does not go with us, then do not lead us up out of here. He was saying, unless your presence goes with us, let's, let's forget this whole thing, can we? Let these people go back to Egypt or just make a village here and um, I'm out of here. I am refusing. Moses said, I am refusing to go on with this matter of leading Israel out and away from Egypt. I'm refusing to do it unless your presence goes with us. He said, it's the most important thing in all of existence. And in verse 16, he says, listen to this. Put this on your refrigerator. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight? Which is another word for saying blessing, favor. Listen again. How then can it be known that I have found favor or blessing in your sight? I and your people. Is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are on the face of the earth. Did you hear that? He said, your blessing and the blessing of your being with us, 
the blessing of you infusing our entire lives with your presence that distinguishes us from every other person on the planet. It, it isn't that you're an obnoxious loudmouth. <laughs> Go back to Ruth. <laughs> Third world kid, foreigner in a strange country. No, you would think that no one would ever notice her. No, the distinguishing, that, that something that makes people look. That's something that opens doors. That's something that gives opportunities. Is the presence, the quiet, love presence of the Lord. The Lord be with you, said Boaz. And the people then, and it was a Hebrew way of doing things, they would say the same thing, but slightly different. So you got the, it rounded it out. And so they say the same thing in a different way. May the Lord bless you. So may the Lord be with you equals may the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. This is God's gift. I can't earn this. Or oh, I know this is, that last statement is really upsetting. I mean, to describe a life like this and I say you can't earn it. I guess you heard me correctly. No, you can pray till the cows come home. You can't earn this. You, you can make a million promises to God, those silly promises, you know, that, that say, I won't do this and I won't do that and I promise you. No, sorry. You're trying to earn something that is already given. This comes pouring out of God's heart. He loves you, so he gives. It's a gift. The only way I, I know this is to say thank you and trust. Begin to get into this sense and then which is saying the same as what we've just said um, from Deuteronomy 28 verse 12 he says may the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord did you hear that he says wages but just a minute she's I said dirt poor she's not getting wages she, she's she's on the welfare system that the Lord instituted in Israel. Um, but he says, may your wages be full from the Lord. That is, he says, though no person is paying you, the Lord has wages for you that no one knows about, and he is going to pay you full wages. He's going to look after you. He's going to care for you. And he goes on and says, The Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. And again, to an agricultural community, they knew exactly what that was. Any farmer knows. You've got hens, you know, chickens, and, and the little chicks, those little balls of yellow fluff, they can all of them, all of them, and sometimes it seems they're never-ending, but they all fit under the wings of their mother hen. And when all the terrible things might happen, they flee to the wings, and she covers them, and she's the one that faces all the disaster. And under those wings, they're guaranteed of always finding food and protection and so on. And he describes that, that's what it is. And then the last thing that was said, well, it's what I'm choosing to make the last thing, in verse um, 10 of chapter 3, where he says, May you be blessed of the Lord, my daughter. And then goes on and says, For the whole city knows who you are. You're a woman of excellence. And I could leave it right there, because that's a jolly good word, woman of excellence. But that word... Uh, of all words that might be used there, and some of your Bibles, I'm sorry, they, I don't know what's in the minds of some translators, they say, you're a virtuous woman. Oh, dear me, that sounds like some Victorian lady. Uh, no, um, the word excellence here is not about virtue. Um, i tell you what, the word means, okay, the word excellence means... It means strength, strength, strength of mind, strength of emotion, above all, strength of your innermost spirit. 
that is given to you by God. You're strengthened. It is, I tell you, it's a strength that is equal to whatever the challenge is. So it's hard to actually define it. It just means that as you face life, you will be strong. And it's an enduring strength. That is, it isn't like one of those energy drinks that you drink it and you feel great for an hour and then you flop. No, this this is a quiet strength that goes on and goes on and goes on. You are able, able, the strength of God within you. But the word also means wealth, a person of substance. And I've said enough about that. It means that you have the wealth of the Holy Trinity living within you, and it means the Holy Trinity brings love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness, and all that God is is now within you and available in life. But this, you know, this this takes the cake because this word is used in the Old Testament. This same word, this here excellence, this word is used to describe a small army. Yes, you heard me. When the Queen of Sheba came to Solomon, she had an entourage with her, a sort of little army for protection and whatever. And that they use this word. This word in Hebrew describes the small army that came with the Queen of Sheba. Yes, you heard me right. This this is blessing. Blessing? You might be so inconsequential. You might be so insignificant. The immigrant from Moab. You know, she's among the poor down there. But that woman has the very love energy of God around her. She has the strength of God within her. And like a little army, for there's more to her than meets the eye. She looks like a nobody woman, but really the very presence of God constitutes an army that nothing can stand in her way. Nothing can be a barrier. Nothing can stop her from arriving at God's intention for her. Using this word, and speaking again of woman, in Proverbs 31.10 says, Her worth is far above jewels. Who's the her? The her is this woman of excellence. And he uses the same word there in Proverbs. A woman of excellence. It's saying to a man who has such to be his wife, that, that this woman, an, a woman of excellence, you can't price her. Her worth is beyond rubies. Oh, come on. And I'm speaking specifically now to some of you women. Because so much of the Bible is about men. I, I know it. Well, here's something that's 100% about a woman. A very ordinary woman, I think you've gathered by now. But a blessed, ordinary woman becomes a woman of excellence. For this blessing permeates permeates she is clothed with the presence clothed and and you know how it is you can't see that but you can you know what is it that makes people sit up and take notice Boaz said to her I'm sure you've read this by now but Boaz said, the whole village is talking about you. And it's, it's the, the opinion of the whole village. You're a woman of excellence, a blessed woman. Just a minute, just a minute. What did we say? She came in over the border around March, April. The barley harvest started in May. So she's been in Bethlehem, April. Come on. She's been here six weeks. Okay, make it eight by the time this all begins to happen. In eight weeks, a total stranger, an insignificant total stranger, the whole village is talking about her excellence. 
talking about that inner strength, that inner graciousness, that dynamic beauty, that magnetism. But, I mean, she just looked like a peasant immigrant from Moab. But, yeah, but, but, there's something about her. You see, this is you. As you go to the job, as you go to the factory, the store, as you work in the kitchen, as you mingle with neighbors, you are the way in which the Father and Son and Holy Spirit connect with people. And it's not because you give out all these tracts and mug people with the gospel. You just be. You just love. And you send God's love with your eyes and filters through the most ordinary conversation. You're blessed. We are derived creatures. That is, we are not created. It's not in the blueprint that we be independent. There's, in actual fact, there's no such thing as an independent human nature. We, we are derived. We, we get our life from somewhere else. And we, we were, that was part of the blessing, you see. The blessing is that I'll make you the real human being by giving my very person and life into you. So, this blessing is not for the elite. Don't, don't, I, I don't think you would think that. You've been around this program too long. But just in case, the, the idea that this is for some spiritual elite. I remember once talking to a chap, uh, and and he had the perfect formula. He said, I would have to fast and pray for 40 days, three times. And at the end of that, read through my Bible twice, and pray a lot more, and then I would be in a position to ask for these blessings. Oh dear. Uh, that's extreme, And but we all know people that aren't as extreme as that, but they you know, if you give up this and don't do that, and if you do this and if you do that, then perhaps maybe it could be there's a possibility that God might bless you. No, it's not for the elite. A blessed person is the real you. This is who God intended you to be. And he has poured himself into us. And it's for us to say, Amen. Be it unto me according to your word, according to that blessing word, according to the blueprint. Now, it doesn't mean we have, what shall I say, an easy life. Because to listen to some people, you would think that if you're, you're blessed, nothing wrong ever goes on in your life. It's No, just back to Ruth. Do I have to say it again? She sure wasn't having an easy life. Hadn't had an easy life. No, blessing doesn't mean that. Blessing means that whatever circumstances you are in, you know that the Lord himself is now sharing that with you. And he is your strength for the moment. He is the ability and wisdom for this challenge, this opportunity. Nor does blessing mean that it, it's a, an immediate uh, pathway to uh, financial wealth. No, it says the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and it's financial rich there, but adds no sorrow to it. What does that mean? Because, you see, oh, I really do need a lot longer on this. Um, it, it means that the world... The Bible calls them the Gentiles, the outsiders. Where, where do they get joy? Where do they get peace? Where do they get protection? Where do they get power and influence? Where do they get their food? Where do they get their shelter? Money, 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 money. That's their mentality. If they have enough money, they'll have peace. If they have enough money, they'll be happy. If they have enough money, they'll have enough clothes. If they have money, they'll have food. If they have money, they'll have shelter. And the bigger and more ornate all of that, then it proves that they have enough money. Enough. But it's not quite enough. I've got to get more. And then I'm 
anxious that I lose what I've got. So you see, it's all a great delusion. This money doesn't give you peace. You know that. I'm not just pre. You know that money doesn't. Give, you can't buy peace. You can't buy joy. No. So, if if blessing was just giving you more money, it would suggest then that you're blessed with money in order to get the stuff that gives you peace. No, you see, the blessing gives you peace in whatever situation you're in. The blessing infuses you with divine joy wherever you find yourself. So now you're safe with money. Because you'll never be so daft as to think that money can give you provision or joy or happiness or peace of mind. No, the, you, you've already got that. You don't need money to give you that. So, you see, only a blessed person is safe with money. And only a blessed person can enjoy it because they have no fear that life will collapse without it. I said I needed a lot more time. I hope you got something out of that little piece there. Because the ultimate blessing, the finale, which all this Old Testament word spoke toward, is that God really did give himself to us in a way that we could never imagine. Nowhere in the Old Testament could they grasp it. God gave himself to us by God coming from God and taking to himself our human and getting right down inside being human. So Acts 3.26 said, speaking of Jesus, the Father sent him to bless you. That's it. And what, what does he do? Everything I've been talking about. He blesses by saying your sins are forgiven. He blesses by healing the sick. He, he blesses by delivering from the demonic and the darkness. He blesses by feeding them with bread. He blesses them by making a wedding feast a place of joy instead of a place of shame. He comes into our little human lives and he energizes them with an abundance of good, whatever situation that we are in. And the finale of the finale, that is, when he has done his work, he gives to us the Holy Spirit. And in Galatians 3, it says that the giving of the Holy Spirit is the blessing that was anticipated since the beginning of time. All that talk about the blessing in the Old Testament, all that saying, the Lord be with you, all that talk of excellence, the New Testament says, finally, this is what that is all about. It is the Holy Spirit coming to live inside of you. And he coming inside of you means that Jesus is living inside of you. And it means the Father is living inside of you. So that in John 16, Jesus said, We, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, will come and live inside of you. This is you. I am talking about you. You say, I didn't know that before. I guess no one told you the news. This is what is called the gospel. This is the good news. And it's interesting, the, the language that is used, it, it said, in Luke it says, go and wait, and the Holy Spirit shall come, and you will be clothed with power from on high. Hey, that's what the blessing was, a clothing. What's Acts 1.8? It says, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and you shall receive an empowerment, an enablement. And it says in Galatians 3 again that we who have trusted Christ have clothed ourselves with Christ. Oh, do you know who you are? You and the Holy Spirit who brings to us the entire presence of Father, Son, and Spirit. 
you occupied the same space as the spirit and the spirit occupies the same space as you without in any way taking away from your personhood or your individuality you are you you are you as you've never been you before you are finally the real you that was intended and yet in the same space as you is father and son and holy spirit made so by the spirit in you So it means that as you stand in the situation you're in now, the Holy Trinity stands in exactly the same situation. And where the Holy Spirit is now, you stand in that same place, sharing in the same love, the same wisdom, the same strength. Or as Paul said, for me to live is Christ. I live, yet not I, it is Christ who lives in me. Not beside me, not under me, not over me. We occupy the same space. That's blessing. That's blessing. In fact, in 1 Peter 3.9, it says that we are called to be blessed and to give a blessing. Now, that word called there, 1 Peter 3.9 says called. It's, it's the word in, in the language of the New Testament used to describe when someone was called and given a name, right? I'll tell you when it is used, when the same word is used, it's when it, the angel said, you shall call his name Jesus. Okay. It says here, you are called to blessing. It it means that in your baptism, you're trusting in Jesus. You were called by God by a new name. You now share the family name of the Holy Trinity. And you know, in the Bible, a name is a big thing. It, it, it describes who you truly are. See, my parents called me Malcolm. And you who have called Jesus Lord, then God the Father calls you blessed. Would you just sit back right now? and realize I don't say try and believe that might suggest that you've got to believe to get it no first of all realize it snuggle into the it is so your name is blessed your name is is, is all of this that we're talking about this is your permission a permission to live at this level gives you permission to expect this anticipate this gives you permission to get out of bed every morning with this attitude toward life I am a blessed person and when I go out and when I come in and when I go to the office the factory the store whatever I am blessed. I am. I'm blessed, you see. I don't want to groan and whine and howl and shake. and No, just sit there on the edge of the bed with your eyes half closed and the first thought that struggles through the fog is, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed in this moment. Yeah, I... I'm not doing anything spiritual. I'm sitting on the edge of the bed putting my socks on. But I'm blessed. Because I'm blessed through nothing I have done but because of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished and the Holy Spirit now at work in me. uh, And all that is invisible. And so I can... Don't have to get all 
spiritual about it because life is not all spiritual. Life is lived in this world and it's in this world I'm blessed. I'm blessed in this moment. I'm, I am and will be blessed this day. I am and will be blessed into all futures. I take the promises of God and I, in a sense, I prophesy them. That is, I announce them. I declare them with my name in them. And I say it out loud that this is the way it is for me because I am in Christ. This is how it is for my family. This it is for my husband, my wife. And I walk out with the sure expectation that this day is being orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. That I be in the right place at the right time to give words of love. Sometimes a look of love, a smile of love across a crowded subway. But whatever it is, this is my day in Christ. Ruth lived this, and it says right there at the end of chapter 2, verse 23, and the end. Uh, it's, it's just a, it says, and she, Ruth, lived with her mother-in-law. <laughs> Why does the Holy Spirit put that in at the end there? Well, this kind of life that I'm living lived with her mother-in-law don't you remember her mother-in-law was Naomi who already right at the beginning of the book says don't call me Naomi call me Mara I am bitter I'm bitter all the way through and God is forsaken Ooh, she lives with her huh. Naomi had given herself a name she her name Naomi the birth name, that is the expectancies of her life in God, means pleasantness. And she now gave herself a name, Mara Bitterness. Do you realize she cursed herself? A curse is not what here in America we call cussing. It's you know, those people who use obscene words or nasty words, all they do is show their lack of education, that they don't know the English language, so they have to keep on putting these words in to fill what they don't know what to say. No, that's not cussing. That's just being boorish. What is cussing? Cursing? It is using negative, destructive shaming words spoken about myself and others. And those words, because they are words of one made in the image of God, are filled with creative energy, which is in this case the energy of death. Words that give permission for me to be sucked in to the swamp of darkness of which they speak. Words that prophesy that my life is being eaten away. And they come with fear and anxiety. Curse is believing in my own words or the words of others who say the same thing. It's thoughts that are gravitated to such words that amount to saying God is absent. God blesses others, but he doesn't bless me. God doesn't care about me. He's disinterested in me. It's, it's believing in the power of the dark one who comes to steal and kill and destroy, and I believe in him and say he'll do his job and do it well, because I'm no good, I'm done, I'm finished. I will be sick, I will be in pain, I'm going to get cancer, and so on and so on. It's no use planning, all my plans come down to nothing. Everyone else is lucky, I'm unlucky. Everything goes wrong for me. Life, joy, peace are unknown words to me. They belong to other people. It is self-exclusion from the blessing of God. 
And that was Naomi. Mara. And it says, all like a little sentence, she lived with her mother-in-law. I come back from the fields. Oh, what God has done today. You should have seen how he led me in the... Oh, yeah, she sits there in the dark mood. There's a sneer on her face, brushes off everything that Ruth says. Yeah. While Ruth goes on discovering, exploring her new world of blessing. What's Ruth's response to that, where she continued to speak? The blessing of God, she reported that blessing with enthusiasm and she gave to Naomi all the results of that blessing. She cared for her mother-in-law, she fed her. That's what the town talked about. They said, this girl, she's blessing the old woman, she's blessing her, she's feeding her. She goes out day after day after day and comes back blesses her with everything she's got. And I say Ruth impacted the whole village by that. Just think about it. Think about it. She lived with Naomi. You know what it's like. You come from the high blessings of God and slam into Mara. But then outside, you know, I've said that last week, the suspicion, the jealousy of, of the others. What's this foreigner doing here? But she received blessing and she gave blessing. And it captured the imagination of the village and every eye was upon her. That's what it says in, in this book. You're not only blessed... That's your number one name. That's what you're called by God. My blessed one. But you have another name. It's Blessing Bringer. And wherever you go, you hold the vision of what you know is true about these people. They don't know it. But you hold it true and you speak of them and you speak to them and you bless them simply by seeing them as God sees them. Matthew 10 says when you go into a house, the first thing you do is say, peace be upon this house, which is another way of saying I bless the house. And he says so real. So real is this possession of blessing that you have. When you say, I bless you, out from you, Jesus said, out from you goes this blessing. And it goes through every room of the house to, to, to attach to anyone there whose heart is open to receive it. And if there's nobody there, it comes back and it's yours. But it goes forth from you. you ever thought about that? ever seen that the gospel in your mouth, and I don't mean sharing the four spiritual laws, I, I mean just speaking about life through the prism of the good news that is in Jesus Christ. The gospel in your mouth is blessing to all who hear. Have you ever realized that to bring the healing power of Jesus to the physical bodies of those you love and are in the presence of it doesn't mean you look like a tv evangelist you don't slam their head and cry and shout and scream the louder you shout the less you believe what you're saying have you ever thought that you can just put your arm if it's appropriate upon the shoulder upon the back of a sick person and just love them and know that Jesus in you and you in Jesus, he's occupying the same space, that your hand is his hand, and you're blessing them, and you're a person that goes around sending people healing love. Ever thought about that possibility? You are blessed of the Lord. That is your name. You are blessing bringer. You're the encourager of people's faith. You are the holder of their vision. When they're as blind as bats, you can't see it. And you dispense the blessing of God. That was this little gal who 
was blessed in chapter 2 of Ruth. Well, that's over time. I'm sorry. But it was too good to stop. So now, <laughs> and now the blessing of God, who is almighty love, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, His blessing. I declare His blessing is upon you right now. And I bless you with the Holy Spirit's enlightenment to see who you truly are. I bless you with the rest of just settling back into the blessing. I bless you with all the treasures of that blessing and all the enablement to live it. That you may be this week a blessing bringer to all you meet in contact. So I bless you. Let it be unto you according to his word. Amen.